Hi, this is the Mouse and More podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm flying solo this evening, but only in terms of my co-hosts. They are all out and about tonight, but I do have a very special guest. She is a podcaster in the theme park universe. She's a fan of all things Universal and Disney. She's a blogger and a content creator. She is Steffers, my friend. Just don't call her Stephanie. Steffers, welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. How are you doing today? Hello. Thank you for having me. I am doing super well. I'm ready for the weekend and I'm ready for next week already. Ready for next week. Well, by the time this comes out, it will already be next week. So hopefully you had a great weekend. Well, house renovation thing. So we're going to say yes, but probably had some hiccups in between. But we'll (laughs) go with yes. Yeah, you know, I work in construction, and uh, that's what happens. Whether it's a home or it's a a theme park, there's always hiccups in the middle. But in the end, uh, it's going to come out really good. So I hope that your contractors are doing well for you. Uh, So far, so good. I can't complain. Even if if there were hiccups, I don't think I would complain because I'm too nice. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah, Steffers. So you want to know how nice Steffers is. So we have been friends for... It's going to be over a year. It's almost two years. Uh, We met through the Twitter, and Steffers was looking for different podcasts to listen to in the Disney theme park world. And I was like, you could listen to mine. And I also recommend a bunch of our friends, too. And we got talking, and we have a couple things in common. Your birthday is five days after mine, which is coming up. It is. I have to get you a present still. No, I told you don't to give me anything. This is your your present is coming on my show. That's that's all I need. If anyone else thinks that's an acceptable present, let us know. But also, I'm gonna get you something. Thank you. Uh, not only do we have a birthday close to each other, but Steffers invited me to her wedding. Congratulations! The wedding already happened. It was in December uh, this past December celebration. And while I was down in Florida in celebration of Florida for her wedding, I went to Universal for a day. <laughs> which is really funny because we're talking about Universal on today's show. And the reason why is because Steffers is probably the biggest Universal fan that I know. That's a really big statement. So I hope I actually am. I think you are. I mean, you're one of the only people I know that will go down to Orlando from where you live and just do Universal. You don't know many people. You This is what you call living <laughs> in the Disney bubble. And I love Disney, too. I just can't afford Disney as often, which is why I don't go as often. That's really one of the only reasons that I don't go to Disney as much. And I, like, you know, mostly go to Universal. Well, not the main reason, but, like, financially wise reason why I don't do that. Steffers, why don't you tell us why, at your age, you know, you're a little younger than me, why Universal gave you such an impression on your you know, your childhood and then as you get older versus, you know, Disney or, you know, one of the other ones, SeaWorld, Gatorland, I don't know, Legoland, although Legoland is more new. Gatorland? <laughs> Gatorland, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, to set the record straight, I think I've maybe been to Gatorland once, maybe twice. I can't recall. Gators scare me. <laughs> don't, I don't care if, if you're from Florida, if you're not from Florida, Gators are scary. (laughs) So that's just it. When I was growing up, we did frequent both Disney and Universal. I remember 
going through, I think you're going to have to fact check me because I don't know Disney as well as Universal. But they used to have like Minnie, Minnie Mouse's house. Maybe it was both of their houses that you could walk through. Don't know where that was, but we're going to yeah, say that. Mickey and Minnie do not live together. And in the Magic Kingdom, they had Mickey's Toontown Fair, which is where the Storybook Land Circus is now, basically, in that but area. it was a thing. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. Okay. So I remember that. So I have been there then, and I do have photos on the, what's it called? With the cars, speed Speedway. It's the Tomorrowland Speedway. Correct. So I do frequent Disney when I, or I did frequent Disney when I was growing up. But Universal has a more impactful, yeah, we'll say it's more impactful in my life. I have been going to Universal since I was very, very little. I still have what used to be called an action pass with my cute little straight smile. <laughs> and that was from like 1999 or 2000. And we used to go with my dad all the time. They used to do Rocky and Bullwinkle meet and greets. And my fondest memories are at Universal. So as I've gotten older, I just kind of kept that tradition alive. It was one of those where my dad loved Harry Potter. My brother like read all the books. So him, my brother and my dad went to the opening of the Wizarding World back. Did they really? They did. I was in Hawaii. Oh. With my grandparents on my mom's side. And my dad and my brother went without me. It's fine. I don't hold a grudge. Did they but... wait in the line for a long time? Oh, yeah, they did. They absolutely wow. did. They, what else did we do? I remember when Confrontation was there. I remember Back to the Future. Rest in peace, my beautiful, beautiful Back to the Future. I remember Jaws because people like Jaws better than Back to the Future, but we won't get into that debate. Um, it's just one of those places that now as I'm getting older and like you, you know, lose family members or like you forget some memories, like the the core memories I have are at Universal doing Dueling Dragons and looking at taking pictures with the cars in front of Mel's Diner and the Fast and the Furious cars before the Fast and the Furious ride were here. It's just the little things for sure that I enjoy, even just sitting in front of Finnegan's. I remember when I had motion sickness, I didn't ride the mummy when it first opened and, or I was too scared. Let me not say I had motion sickness because I really didn't. So me and my dad used to just sit, wait for my brother. <laughs> and it's, it's just a nostalgia thing. My yeah, friends so, love the whole nostalgia term. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's so essentially, you know, your brain developing growing years, that's where you guys were going and it left an impression on you. And as now as you're older and you have you know disposable income and you have vacation time and that, that's where you gravitate towards, which which makes perfect sense. And, and as we get talking and we get towards the end, I have a point that I'm going to make and it's going to tie this together, which is going to be, I think, interesting. I don't want to get too far ahead. So having said all that, as the universal expert that I think you are, I need to know and my listeners need to know what's your favorites. We're going to start Universal Studios Florida, right? That's what they call the first park, right? Technically, yes. Universal Studios. Yeah. Universal Studios is really what I call it. I mean, I know they have one in Hollywood, but it'll always be. <laughs> it'll always just be uh, Universal Studios to me. But yeah, Universal Studios Florida. I'm going to get some uh, people saying that's not the best ride. <laughs> but 
my opinion, my, my opinion is E.T. is the best ride and it needs to not go anywhere for a very, 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 very long time. What's the, the official name for that ride? Uh, the E.T. Adventure. E.T. Adventure, yeah. So that's I don't know in... if there's a the, but it's in the back of the park. If you're... If you turn right when you're going into the park and you just keep going straight and go through the, like the the hall, I like to call them the hallway of trees. <laughs> and then after you get through the hallway of trees, you make another right. It's literally all the way in the back corner. It's fine. Like it's a hidden gem, like I like to say. But if we're going with like not nostalgic rides, the mummy is pretty high up there. I think it's a classic everyone should do. And also um, Men in Black is is a superior ride. I know I said like three rides, but I can't help it. That's just how it is. If we're going food. Well, hold on favorite, a second. Hold on a second. What? Hold on a second. Let's stick with the rides for a second. Okay. Because I want to just clarify some things. So the E.T. Adventure is in Woody Woodpecker's Kid Zone. Technically. Now, part of my problem here is I wonder, do kids care about Woody Woodpecker? Kids today, absolutely not. <laughs> Unless it depends on the parents, number one, because like I don't think there's anything Woody Woodpecker in entertainment right now. Mm-hmm. So unless they introduce Woody Woodpecker prior type of thing, definitely not. I don't think kids today even know who Fievel is. I don't even know who's Fievel? Oh, Adam, Google it. So Woody Woodpecker, <laughs> Woody Woodpecker is a theatrical short films produced by Universal between 1940 and 1972. Yeah, wow. a little outdated. It's just a little bit outdated. Wow. Listen, you can update that area of the park. I will say, I know that you have a lot of you know parents and, and families that listen to the show. The Curious George themed area, which if you're heading toward E.T., it's past E.T. It's it's literally in the back of the park. It's a great little water play area. There's like a ball pit. There's like interactive little sections of it. Highly recommend. That was a core memory growing up is there's a huge bucket. Boiler alert. I'm, I'm just going to tell you what's there. There's a it's like a I don't want to say a firehouse, but it has different buildings. And on top of the buildings, there are two big buckets, one on each side. And it dumps on you. And that's just, water on you. yes, yes, sorry, yeah. water, not anything, not anything else. But <laughs> it's, it's very interactive, very cute. And I used to love it as a kid. And I wish that I could still go over there and not, you know, be weird because I'm an older kid there. <laughs> but I highly recommend. All right. All right. So that would be more for where the younger children are going you know, to. Correct. Um... I think that whole back, that whole back area, they just put the Shrek meet and greet back there there's the the new dreamworks thing that they got over there where they have all the characters they do a little dance and oh that's where they that's where they Mm -hmm. moved the shrek meet and greet okay Mm -hmm. okay there was the shrek 4d ride i don't know it's not really a ride it was a movie attraction attraction it's since been closed this year but there was a really fun interactive meet and greet with donkey right that Mm -hmm. was that was outside of that theater Mm-hmm. Everybody loved it. And it's funny because it's Donkey and the Eddie Murphy voice talking to a real animatronic. And so they moved it. That's good. So they moved it to that spot. That, that's nice. They did that. Your other favorite ride was Men in Black Alien Attack. To compare it to a Disney ride, it is like 
Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin? Sort of. That is the closest you'll get to it. You do not control your car movement. The ride does it for you. And in my opinion, I enjoy it better because I think it's just more of a sophisticated, I don't know if sophisticated is the best word, but it's just kind of like a more adult shooter type ride game. Definitely more robust than Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin is. I mean, you're sitting higher up. There's more people in your ride vehicle. The targets are are the aliens from the oh yes, Black Moon, mm-hmm. as opposed to like you know half of the ones in the Buzz Lightyear are you know batteries that are for you know the toys in the <laughs> in the Buzz Lightyear universe. So and they're just similar simple targets, I should say. So that's a fun one. That's another one where the IP, the Men in Black, is an older story that I'm surprised it's still. You know, we're not touching around. it. We're, we're not touching <laughs> it. I don't. That's same, not. Th- same thing with Revenge of the Mummy. That was another one of your favorites. That's based on the Brendan Fraser mummy movies. The quality mummy movies. That is correct. I will say currently, while you are all listening to this, it is still under refurbishment and we are unclear. The rumor mill is going wild, but we are unclear what exactly they're doing to it. So. Mm. We will see. It's been closed like for most of the summer, right? Yes. So I'm thinking it's just getting a little TLC. Other people think that they removed Brendan Fraser and dated it to the new one. I don't think that that's a thing. Some say that Brendan Fraser finally got his cup of coffee. I don't can't confirm nor deny. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I think they just need to keep it the way it is. So there was a more recent Mummy movie with Tom Cruise that I did not see, and I don't think anybody saw it because I don't think it made any money. And <laughs> um, and um, that could would be that's 2017 that movie. They could be doing that. I can't see them, you know, paying uh, Tom Cruise to now all of a sudden have his Mummy movie in that space. That just seems kind of odd because i i rode that one in december and that was a it's a it's a good ride it's a good in it's an indoor roller coaster essentially with a lot of fire effects and there's a i don't want to give too much away but there's like a false ending where you think it's over but then it's not over and um it's good that's a good ride and i would that's a ride where like it doesn't really need to the IP kind of doesn't really need to change because it's old. That one's more relevant, I think, than the Men in Black movies, but I could be wrong. There's a whole community that has, you know, kind of bloomed from this attraction. If you're a Universal Pass holder or if you just are in with the crowds, you know what I'm talking about. A lot of people love Brendan Fraser. They go to, like, conventions he was just at what convention he, that he was just at in Orlando. And a lot of people made references to the ride. Like they did meet and greets with him and they brought him a cup of coffee. It's just a classic. You're, you're not going to say I'm timeless, but it's pretty. I don't know. I don't think getting that they, they it is getting close. And I don't think changing it over to the Tom Cruise version would do it justice. No, I don't. Like I said, nobody. Nobody cares about that movie. <laughs> Someone probably cares, okay? Just not us. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite ride from that park was, and I'm not saying this because you're my friend, Stuffers, but it was E.T. Probably because, I mean, it's a slow-moving dark ride. It's the most Disney ride in that park, I believe. Honestly, it reminded me of an Epcot long-form dark ride. 
tons of robot audio animatronics. You're sitting basically on like a bicycle seat, but there's four, it's, what is it, four wide or something like that, right? Yeah, four, four by three. I think it's 12 people per. Oh. I think it's four. Yeah. Is it not okay, four so rows? It might be four rows and four seats in each row. Okay. Maybe it's 16. I didn't realize there was people front and back. So you're holding, you know, a good amount of people. There's a part where E.T. says your name, which is really cool. That's like straight out of Spaceship Earth, how they put your face on the screen nowadays. That was my favorite ride. It was just calm. It was not trying to, you know, hurt you. <laughs> because a lot of the, the bigger rides, the roller coasters, they're they're intense. And not that I don't mind that, but it's nice to just sit in a dark space with the air conditioning, look at some pretty scenery and see some of your robot friends. And, and smell eat. the smells. No one's got a specific smell. I know they sell candles now with it and everything. That was my favorite by far, E.T. Like I would, that one I want to go on again so I can try to look for different things that I missed. You know what's funny? And I'm going to say this as a, just so your listeners can understand. E.T. and I don't know where the obsession came from. Maybe the smell, maybe I'm just weird. To put it in perspective, I have at least a good shelf and a half, if you're imagining a bookshelf, a shelf and a half worth of E.T. merch. I have a super large E.T. with a red hoodie on in a <laughs> basket. I have a cutie little E.T. plush. I have pins. I have shirts. I bought the E.T. lounge fly, the one where the finger glows in the dark. I bought the matching <laughs> wallet. I got the 40th and I flew down to Orlando for the 40th anniversary. Were they doing anything special? No. Did I fly anyway? Yes. I'm in love with that tribute store also. But just to put it in perspective, I take E.T. very seriously. <laughs> the tribute store is in Universal Studios, right? Yes. And that's where they change out what they're selling. Is that correct? Seasonally, they change the theme. So currently it is like classic movie theater vibe where they have an E.T. room, a Jaws room, a Back to the Future room. And then they have confrontation meet or not meet and greet photo spot. Uh, they also have some Ghostbusters, I think I want to say shirts, but some sort of merch in there. And it's a very much an ode to like the classic Universal feel. And it's right huh. next to the the mummy or okay. next to Jimmy Fallon, depending which direction you're coming in. But that honestly should be closing in the next what month are we in july probably in the next few weeks to make room for the halloween horror nights tribute store they're gonna change that out for halloween horror night type merch. Mm -hmm. okay that's a disney thing where they encourage you to come often because they change out the available merchandise that you can purchase i'm assuming a lot of that stuff they don't sell online so yes and no that uh, mm -hmm. you can find some of the stuff spread out through the park i know the E.T. store and the I want to say the Simpson store, unless they removed it, they used to have little sprinkles of the Back to the Future stuff. The Jaws stuff, honestly, they have a handful of things. The Jaws dedicated room is honestly really nice with a lot of dedicated merch that you really don't see in the park. The E.T. room had a good majority of stuff you could find in the E.T. shop in the back of the park. But they did have the special 40th anniversary merch, which you can't really get anywhere else because it's like a limited time type of thing. Gotcha. Yeah, so it basically makes you have to come back like you did because you came back just for the one time, for the one uh, for the one specific item. Yeah, I literally came <laughs> back, what, like two or three weeks after the trip I took before that? So <laughs> it's fine. Uh, hey, I've done it. I've, I mean, I've, I've done similar things like that. 
Yes, you have. I know. Um, I was channeling my inner Adam there. <laughs> All right. So favorite things to eat in Universal Studios Florida. My number one recommendation and the number one thing that I eat every single time I'm at Universal Studios Florida is the Today Cafe. It's perfect for breakfast. It's perfect for lunch. It's perfect for a nice little sweet treat. It's just nice in general. Mm. I've never had a bad experience there. The food is delicious. And I always manage to, they also have like seasonal, not always, but typically they'll have like a seasonal dessert. So they had, I want to say they had a pride dessert, maybe, don't quote me on that. They definitely had one for Mardi Gras. They usually have one for Halloween Horror Nights. Always good and delicious. They also have a new sandwich that I tried the last time I was there. And it is Chef's Kiss. Absolutely loved it. Everything else, I'm trying to, I'm thinking through the park. Everything else is like typical theme park burger. Or the hidden gem of the park, in my opinion, is the Bumblebee Man Taco Truck, which is in the Simpsons area of Universal Studios. Mm, Taco Truck. The carne, what is it? The carne asada. I want to say it's carne asada tacos oh. were so good. Oh, I dream about those tacos, honestly. So the Today Cafe is themed after the Today Show. The Today Show, the NBC morning news program. Is that who owns it? If it NBC, <laughs> that sounds correct. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Today is NBC. That's Al Roker. Yeah, that Savannah Guthrie. Savannah Guthrie, Hoda Kodby. I could have told you the people's names. I just couldn't tell you what network they're on, even <laughs> though I know that NBC owned like and Universal are a thing, so I should have deduced that. So that's my bad. <laughs> yeah, so I'm so I'm from New Jersey, as as everybody knows, and um, NBC is NBC is sort of a big one in New York because uh, we get the New York news here, and mostly because NBC does the Thanksgiving Day Parade, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. They do the Rockefeller Center tree lighting. Today's show has always been. A big deal. I love Disney. Disney, of course, owns ABC. ABC has Good Morning America, which is fine. I can't believe we're talking about morning news programs, but this is where we are right now. <laughs> but I do really like the Today Show. So I guess I do like something of Universal, right? <laughs> you literally just said you enjoyed E.T. and you want to go back and ride it. So I think we've already established you like Universal. Well, now, I, just... ha- now I figure out where I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat at you know, I'm going to eat an Al Roker um, sandwich or something. Sure. That I mean, I <laughs> the new Savannah Guthrie sandwich, I think it's called Savannah's Dream. I think that's what it's called. But it's like an everything bagel seasoned croissant with egg cheese, sausage, avocado and tomato. It is so good. Oh, OK. <sighs> I'm, my mouth is like watering, just wanting to. Have it's, that now, it's very <laughs> interesting. It's very interesting. You did not mention any harry potter anything in this park because i have to say that my favorite area of just being in universal was diagon alley it was i mean i i didn't realize it was behind like the you know a facade of a bit random building and it's a it is it is an amazing feat to be in and i wrote down two of my favorite just areas to be in was the queue for the Green Gods ride and to being in Diagon Alley in general. I kind of wish I could just go there just to just to walk through there and without having to ride rides or pay, you know, all that money to to be there. Just cuz it, it I I didn't spend enough I mean, I wanted to see everything in two parks that day, 
I didn't. I would have liked to have spent more time. And yes, I Florian Fortescues. That's the ice cream. Florian Fortescues, absolutely amazing ice cream. Stand in line. I get the sticky toffee pudding and the salted caramel blondie. A crowd favorite is like the Earl Grey and lavender. They have clotted cream. They have the whole shebang. They even have basic butter beer ice cream too, if you just want to go for you know. That's what I did. That vibe. Of course you did. (laughs) Of course you did. I will say there's a reason. I wasn't counting ice cream for the record, but that is a recommendation that I do have. I was thinking that as a snack. We hadn't gotten to snacks yet. Well, how about you continue on with snacks then? Well, I was just going to say that I am personally not a big fan of the Harry Potter restaurants. I know people are. Plenty of people are. I am not. I would rather eat in CityWalk eat at my hotel or eat at the couple places that I mentioned already. <laughs> I mean, it's mo- isn't it mostly like at, at, at the restaurants, it's mostly like British type food, right? Yes. Sausage, potatoes, uh, fish blank. and chips, fisherman's pie, scotch eggs, a lot of brown and it's... green tan. <laughs> it's like eating a khaki pant, you know, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but okay and it's not because i don't like that type of food i'm just not a fan of like the taste and also gotcha it's just not my number one choice when i'm going it's to the park. going back to snacks slash alcoholic beverages because there are people that are old enough shark attack from shea alcatraz is a good or it's called ocean attack there's a whole There's a whole gimmick with the shark attack situation, but you do get a shark gummy in that drink. It is on the sweeter side, so if you don't like sweet drinks, I wouldn't get it. The Lard Lad Donut is a good snack. It's kind it's 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 a big it's a big donut. So it's a Simpsons donut, right? Correct. Just pace yourself because it is (laughs) is pretty large. The Florian Fortescue's highly recommend that. I would say get a sweet treat from Today Cafe versus getting like a churro or a pretzel. But those are really the only other options I would suggest. The churros are fine. The pretzels are also fine. But they're kind of just standard. Nothing special about them. But I'm also not a huge snacker when I go. So that's my problem. So when I went, uh, we ate lunch at Finnegan's. Which is a Irish English New York <laughs> style <laughs> pub, right across mm-hmm. the street from the mummy. the mummy ride. Yes, and and that was good. It was uh, it was it was it was very good price. I had a I believe I had the shepherd's pie. I could not finish it, and I usually finish my food. It was a lot of food, and it wasn't that expensive. It was like seventeen eighteen dollars, and uh, they have you know full bar and all that, and um. I had that, and I had a hot butter beer at the other park, which we'll talk about soon. And then I had the butter beer ice cream over at Florian's and Diagon Alley. So I didn't get snacks either. But I mean, that's partly because I wasn't—I'm not familiar with the area, and I don't know where the good snacks are. And I was following my friend who was, you know, touring me through very quickly. But I am usually a big snacker. I am when I'm generally in Disney, I am snack walking and eating something. This way, I don't have to like waste time and sitting down at a restaurant. And plus, I can try different things. That is something that, in my opinion, Disney is better about in terms of snack availability. There are little 
portions of things you can try. Like there are like lemon slushes that are a nice refreshing beverage, or you can go into Seuss Landing and they, you know, have like little other tater part, tot meals. Part, I know. Part. I'm just saying they have like little things. Typically, if you're walking around, it's like a pretzel or a churro, if I'm being honest, yeah. or like an icy. They have basic popcorn, typical typical snacks that you could find anywhere. If you're going for something more special or different things that you can try, it, I will tell you, it's really not that big of a variety, in my opinion. Gotcha. But that's just my hot take. The churros and pretzels taste fine. I vote for ice cream. <laughs> Always. Ice cream is always good. Um, do they have like a like Disney has a Mickey bar? Do they have like a a Shrek bar, a Minion Shrek bar? bar? Wait, do they have like frozen bananas? Because Disney does frozen bananas. They, Universal should do frozen bananas by Minions. Yeah, well, when Minions takes over the whole beginning of the park, they can do frozen bananas. That's not to my knowledge. Like I oh. don't. I don't think so. They should. They that's something they should think about. I know that they are. I know. <laughs> I know that they are putting in banana trees near the the construction area at the front of the park, uh, <sighs> where, where the Shrek uh, where the Shrek attraction was. I'm I'm not. You can make your own thoughts <laughs> as to why they're putting banana trees over there. Oh, I'm I, almost I can convinced. Tell you, I've, I've seen things and I've told Stevers things, but there's certain things I can't say. But all I can say is that you're getting banana trees near the old Shrek attraction across the street from Minion. So you can take that as you want. I'm telling you, Minion walls don't lie. And that's all <laughs> I'm going to say on that. And I don't and I'm not a Minion hater and I don't want it to come across that way. I actually love Minions. I love Despicable Me. I have a whole, like, I don't want to call it a guilty pleasure, but I really do enjoy Despicable Me and Minions. I don't, like, change in that respect where, like, things that I love, like Shrek and all that, are changing to become one theme. Yes. For those who don't know, the Minion Mayhem, the Despicable Me Minion Mayhem ride that is currently at Universal Studios Florida, that attraction has changed a lot. A lot. And when I say a lot, I mean it's gone from Hanna-Barbera to, like, Jimmy Neutron to, I'm sure, things that I can't even remember. But those are, like, the two favorites of mine. And they've finally stuck with Minions, and now it's just a Minion overload, for in my opinion. Well, well you've seen the movies. I mean, th- that's how Minions are. There's just, they just kind of <sighs> invade with their, know. their area. I will say it'll be a very nice new thing for the park i mean this is not confirmed in theory this will be a very nice new thing for the park i just really love shrek it needed it needed to be updated so like i'm not that mad but if if the rumors are true i think that if executed well it will be a nice refresher for universal studios for the rumors of a minion attraction coming to where shrek is minions attraction and the and a minions cafe restaurants they better be serving bananas. Uh, whatever they serve at the one in hollywood they have a minions cafe in hollywood so whatever they serve as long as it's executed well they have my blessing i just am bitter because shrek is my friend speaking of uh new things do we want to take the hogwarts express and go over to the newer park yeah we can islands of adventure we can indeed we can so that's their second park 
1999 did it open? Sure, sounds right to me. <laughs> I was a wee a wee little uh, yes, yes, 1999, and um, it's got more more uh, some modern, some not so modern takes. But give us your favorites over there. Current favorites: Hagrid's and Velocicoaster are probably my two favorites right now. Though what's in terms the, of rides, what's the real name for Hagrid's? Hagrid's Magical Creature Motorbike Adventure. Sure. Is that right? That sounds that? right. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Hagrid's. No, hold on. The magic. Oh, now I feel like I'm doubting myself. I'm going to go with Magical Creature Motorbike Adventure. Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. Okay. I missed an S. Sorry. It's all right. That. Right. Period. Exclamation point. Those two are probably in my top. Do I ride Velocicoaster every time? Absolutely not because I'm I'm getting a little up in my years here and my motion sickness is getting, yeah. getting pretty bad but i if you could only pick one i would pick hagrid's in my huh. opinion i rode velocicoaster i did not ride hagrid's it had the line was too long and it did not take express velocicoaster basically it, it's like it wants to kill you it is that's dramatic it, it well i mean it is extremely it is extremely intense and there are corkscrew spins right over the water where you think you're going to hit the water you, you don't but it, it almost feels like you do it goes ex- extremely fast and, and having no shoulder harness only the lap bar gives you even a weirder feeling you're fine you're you're fine don't just when when you're about to go over the water just just don't put your hands up i did that the first time i wrote it and then i i half did it the second and third time I wrote it, you learn that you're okay, <laughs> but it is a little terrifying, especially when you're on it for the first time. Yeah. Like I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna fall off, and then I was like, wait, no, I'm not. I'm I'm okay. If I go back, I'll, I'll ride it again. I don't. For me, it's definitely not a ride more than once a day. I I can only my body can only handle so much of that in one day. I just remember it being very intense and and extreme, but I don't remember you know, feeling, I, I don't get sick on rides. So that's, must be um, nice. I, I was, <laughs> I mean, it was really intense just loading on and the, um and the ride attendant like pulls on the, pulls on the strap or something. Like they like ripped right at it. That was um, like more, that was like more intense than anything else. So I don't ride Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey anymore. I have okay. ridden it. I do not ride it anymore. If you get motion sick, Personally, I would definitely not ride it, but maybe go through the queue and then kind of take the exit and head out. The queue is definitely something worth doing. I find Velocicoaster to be less sickening than uh-huh. like Forbidden Journey, I think makes you more motion sick. I feel the Hulk more, but I think that's because it's not as smooth anymore because the Hulk jerks my head around a lot more nowadays. So if we're going on that level, like Velocicoaster, yeah, it has a lot more thrills. There's more airtime type things. I still prefer it over the Hulk and Forbidden Journey. I know Forbidden Journey is not like an outdoor roller coaster, but it's still motion sickness. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Because, so. <laughs> I mean, it, a Forbidden Journey, it spins you upside down, doesn't it? It does. It's like a... I want to say like a claw thing where you're just like pivoting all around. I haven't been on it in years. And the last time my husband went on it, he got sick and he never gets sick. So I was like, nope, thank you. We're going to 
skirt away. So that's the uh, Forbidden Journey is the ride in the Hogwarts Castle at mm-hmm. Hogsmeade. Uh, and yes, I agree. The queue. I mean, you're going through the pool or the castle, Abs- whatever you yeah, want to call it. Yeah, it's absolutely. You need to go through at least the queue if you don't. If you can't handle the ride, at least go through the queue for sure. Yeah, and it's, it's like a. I mean, it's hard to explain. It's an omni mover. You sit on a bench with four people or or three other people on an omni mover, so it's constantly moving. And then, like somebody is holding that bench essentially and spinning you around. That's kind of like how it is. And you're looking at screens. And you're looking at uh, audio animatronics, and you're looking at big scary monsters. So um, it's, re- I mean, it's really cool. It's a little because you're in like this box. You kind of have tunnel vision. You really can't see to your left and right, so you're only really looking straight ahead, and that's all you can really see. That ride, if any of anything, if you have a claustrophobia problem, might not be the ride for you. Yeah, I agree with that as well. And not to pivot, Islands of Adventure does have. Plenty of rides that I thoroughly enjoy. Not that Universal Studios Florida does not. Mm -hmm. But I want to make sure that I give love to the rest of these rides. Because Islands of Adventure, if it's a scorching hot day in Florida, which 99.9% of the time it is, there's some water rides y'all need to go on. If if I could only pick one, I would do the Popeye and Bluto's Bilge Rat Barges ride. You will get absolutely stoked. But it is worth it. It's just a great ride in general. They do have two other ones. Dudley Do Rights Rips Off Falls, which is like a Splash Mountain vibe, if you're into like the Splash Mountain vibe. And then they also have Jurassic Park River Adventure, which is like a bigger Splash Mountain vibe. <laughs> Popeyes, that's Popeye Chicken? Popeye like Popeye the Sailor Man. <laughs> Come on, I even knew that one. They also have... The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man ride, which is my absolute all-time favorite ride. And I haven't been to the other coast, but I hear that it is the superior Spider-Man ride. I don't know. Even though it's 25 years old almost at this point? They've updated it, Adam. They have updated it to be hip with the times. So So basically, if you're unfamiliar, Universal Studios owns the rights for most marvel characters in theme parks east of the mississippi river which is the reason why even though walt disney company owns marvel studios they have lacked of introducing marvel characters into their florida rides now they did recently open guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind and and you can only assume that the reason why they were able to do that is because either universal doesn't own the rights to them specifically in theme parks or Universal gave up the rights because they didn't include them in their theme park, in their Marvel superhero island on Islands of Adventure. But that's why you'll see Spider-Man, you'll see the Hulk. There's a Captain America diner, correct, at a superhero island? Yeah, Captain America, Fantastic Four. Yeah. There's a whole Marvel superhero island. <laughs> yeah, so they have... So and then, but that's east of the Mississippi. So then west, Disney is allowed to operate attractions with Marvel characters, which is why in Disneyland they have a Spider-Man ride, like we were talking about, and they have the and they but they also have the Guardians, which I guess they could have used regardless, but um, but they have them there, and that's also why Disney at, at Disneyland or specifically California Adventure has all the meet and greets that you see. 
all of the you know Marvel uh, characters from the movies and the TV shows. So, so that's why you'll see. That's why you'll be in Universal, specifically Islands of Adventure. Then you see your favorite Disney-owned Marvel characters. It's the confusing. More you know with Adam. It's confusing. It's my understanding that Universal owns the rights forever, unless if they sell them. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure they would ever sell them to Disney, especially now that they're, uh, which we'll get, we'll talk about. They're opening up another park. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see. I don't know why they would help. Because if they sell those rights to Disney, then theory Disney's going to build Marvel rides in Florida, and they're going to build this, you know, the popular Spider-Man, Iron Man, you know, Black Widow attractions, and that's only just going to help disney gain more ground against universal i don't know why universal would want to help disney with that regardless of how much money they're going to get i mean unless if it's like billions and billions but then i don't think disney would be able to afford that so i i don't know where the if when that ever changes i really don't don't know either i will say and i i don't know what else it would be in my opinion but then again i that's all I've ever known it as. So try, trying to imagine Marvel Superhero yeah. Island as something else is pretty difficult. Yeah, I don't know what they yeah. would even do anyway. You got to eat at some point. What are you eating over there? Um, Mythos is pretty good. That is a sit-down restaurant across from Poseidon's Fury. Do not sleep on Poseidon's Fury. That is a great attraction. It is not a ride. It is like a walk-through showy type thing but mm-hmm. don't don't sleep on it. it it's pretty good mythos is pretty good confiscos which is at the beginning of the park when you first walk in it'll be past the whatchamajinker the entry arch it's not an arch it, it you know the after the entry that says the adventure begins it is on your right this service is spotty but they have a decent menu so i would go ahead and give it a try uh fire eaters grill is also in the area by Poseidon's Fury, kind of in that realm heading toward Hogsmeade. It's a little hole in the wall. It's not a hole in the wall. It's just, a, it's not like a restaurant you walk into. It's just like a stand. Mm-hmm. They have euros there and edible cookie dough. And it's pretty good in my opinion. I euros had like gyros? That's not how you pronounce it. I know, but we call I call them gyros. <laughs> uh, yes, like that, just not, just not that. Okay. But yes, <laughs> I'm not a fan. Like I said, of the Harry Potter situation, green eggs and ham. If you want to try that, sure. But I, it's just themed Dr. Seuss situations. They have if really green. They have green eggs, huh? I have actually had green eggs and ham tater tots. They weren't okay. bad, but like it was kind of just for the just for the name, not really for like the quality type of Got thing. You. In terms of standard theme park burger, Burger Diggs is my go-to option. Some people enjoy Thunder Falls Terrace. I don't. It, it's hit or miss for me, so that's why I just don't go there anymore. I kind of just kind of head to other places. But they have, I believe they have barbecue ribs, like a rotisserie chicken kind of thing. A decent kind of meals there, which is not my favorite. These are all just my opinion and what I would recommend you do. Yeah, when I went, I the only thing I had over there was the hot butter beer at Hogsmeade. And I had to go into the restaurant there. Help me out. 
is three broomsticks or three did you broom go to, to the hogshead well i guess it doesn't really matter but yeah i think it was three i'm pretty sure it was three broomsticks we had to wait outside we waited Probably outside for like 15 then. minutes this was our, this was at you know 8 30 in the morning nine o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. we had to wait out we had to wait outside for like 15 minutes and then when we got inside we waited for another 15 ish minutes I wish that process was a little faster, especially since we were only getting drinks, like, because they're also serving breakfast food there. The line gets backed up, and if you're just ordering, like, drinks or something, it would be nice if... I will tell you, there typically is another place you could have gone for that. You you shouldn't have to wait in lines. Typically, the... I don't know if that's in Universal Studios Florida or if that's in Islands, but typically, like, the bars will have butterbeer. Oh. So... In theory, you Do you could think go. they're open at 9 in the morning now? The bars? Uh, you know, probably not. Yeah. I think, the, I think it was just the timing of it that kind of messed us up. But but I liked yeah. it. It was like hot cocoa, but it's butterscotch, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's very, very sweet, and it was extremely hot. I had to wait a while for it to cool down. Um, hmm. I want to go back for one second to the yes. rides. I'm going to give everyone... A life-saving, life-saving tip. Mm-hmm. Do not ride Fast and the Furious at Universal Studios Florida. Instead, if you're curious about, hey, I want to maybe ride Fast and the Furious, but also, like, I don't really want to do that. Go ride Skull Island Reign of Kong. Same ride vehicles, same situation, just better theming and a better overall ride. Fast and the Furious, not worth your time. Unless it's like negative five minute wait. <laughs> that's my life saving tip. Yeah, that's what oh. I hear is I, I didn't get to do Fast and Furious, but um, I hear it's not very fast or furious. It's quite boring. It's yeah, it's not the best. Also, you can do this during the day or you can do it at night. Nighttime is better for like the views and like really enjoying the park. But head to Seuss Landing, the high in the sky Seuss trolley train ride is amazing talk about views you get a nice one of the hulk with the lights on oh yeah that's like a, a people mover essentially Sim- similar idea it's not you're just seeing a um you know overall of, of the land and then in this case you're seeing other places that was yeah. fun i like that it was like people mover if you didn't have like the wall barriers like next to you the like the railing barriers? yeah like the railings that are like it's just track. There's no oh, there's, nothing. Well, there's no covering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's not fun in the in the rain. But uh, the I, the only thing that was odd about that was the queue is like a is like underneath it, and it's like this metal staircase. It's just really like. Oh yeah, the queue's not fun at all. When your yeah. feet hurt, like that queue is not fun at all. I thought that was strange. Cat and Hat is a it's a dark ride i like dark rides i i sort of liked it but it i've said this before it was very like dirty it needs a cleanup it needs a dusting and there's it's very long which is nice i like long rides but there were a lot of dead sections of it that just didn't have anything that's a ride yeah that's a ride that like it could stay cat in the hat that's fine but it probably just needs some a couple scenes added and it needs some like nice paint and a dustbuster, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But it is an Islands of Adventure classic. We wanted to talk about Volcano Bay, but I just wanted to... Let's get into Volcano Bay first. I don't know much about Volcano Bay. 
So if you want to fill us in on um, on what's going on over there, especially with their, if you want to get into their line waiting system service. So Volcano Bay is probably my top, if not in my top three water parks in at least Orlando, just to kind of narrow that down. Just to put it in perspective, I really enjoy Aquatica and I really enjoy Typhoon Lagoon. So you kind of see where my my head is at. With Volcano Bay, my number one thing that I'm going to say is, is if you're going with like your family or like a decent sized group, highly recommend getting a cabana. (laughs) That is going to be my first thing. If it's within your budget, book it as soon as you know, you, you know, when your trip is, you can get a pretty decent deal on a cabana. In terms of the line waiting service, you get these, I don't want to call them bracelets, but they're like watches, but it doesn't tell the time, where you put it on your wrist, and it's called a Tapu Tapu, and in front of each ride, you essentially tap the Tapu Tapu wristband on this little sensor, and it'll put you in line, and then it'll tell you how long the wait is, and then it'll let you know, ride now, so that you can go onto said ride whenever it notifies you. So you can go into the Lazy River. They have a slow one and a fast one. Highly recommend the fast one. If you have a cabana, you have a Tabu Tabu kiosk in it. So you can scroll through the different rides and pick the one you want, tap it there, order some food, still go through the Lazy River if you want, or kind of just chill. And it's all in a very nice and convenient location. So it's, holding, so it's holding your place in line, it sounds like? Yes. So it'll hold your place in line. And then when you get on the ride, get in line for the ride, not in, in the ride, but when you get in line for the ride, you actually scan your Tapu Tapu signifying that you're there to ride it. And then it'll give your place to somebody else or it'll go to the next person in line, which um, is really nice. So it's kind of like it's it's sort of like Disney Genie plus old fast pass where it, you know you're reserving a, a, a spot but it can you can you have multi can you carry multiple at the same time i guess that's my question. you cannot oh. it is one one per so you can get like a new one but you have to tap into like the one that you're waiting for essentially oh, okay. like you have All to right. you get in line for one you go do things that don't require a line and then it says ride now you tap in then it resets itself so that you can tap into a different ride but you can't you can't do multiple at once now so so then if you don't have a cabana you have to go walk around the park to each ride exactly <laughs> if you do have a cabana you can come back to your cabana and do, do it, from it there yeah so okay i stayed just to give everyone a perspective in cabana i want to say 6d or b it's the upper, it's six for sure, but I, it was the upper level. I just can't, couldn't tell you what the letter was. And uh-huh. that was right, in, it was like in the middle of the park-ish, next to the volcano. And you could go through the volcano to get to most of the rides, or you could go the other way where there was a handful. I would think, in my opinion, that was a perfect position to be in, because you could go through the volcano for anything you needed. If not, there was a couple steps that way, and you had everything you needed. The kiosk in the cabana really makes a difference, in my opinion, because you also can order food from there. You don't have to, you know, find restaurants to get food. That's you nice. Have a, you have a waiter and, like, a flag that you can put up and say, hey, I'm hungry. 
So it's a little bit like it's not like an all it's not an all inclusive per se, but it's a little bit like it's a little bit like staying at a resort and they're they got a waiter coming and bringing you food. Correct. So that's nice. Exactly. That's nice. To me, that makes it go from like a water park to like a you know a real full day type experience because then you can really you know sit there and enjoy yourself. Oh, we absolutely stayed the whole entire day. So I think we got in early with uh, our hotel stay. So I believe we got in. I want to say 8 o'clock because I'm pretty sure it opened at 9. Park close to 5. We were there the entire time. And you just sit, eat, chill, give gab with your friends or your family. And time just flies. Absolutely flies. And the waits weren't that long either. Um, They do get up there. But with the Tapu Tapu system, it's just a lot easier to manage, in my opinion. You kind of just... Tap and go. And you can honestly spend a good hour or so in that la- the fast lazy river for sure. <laughs> like I, I can't uh, rave about that enough. What time of year was that that you went? So I typically go September, June, July, August, probably. I mean, I know it's the hottest time, but I don't like dealing with like the heavy rains, high temperature. Like I said, September is kind of where it starts to it's still hot, but like there's less of a rain chance or the rain chance is like you know sprinkles and then it's like jk i'm gonna go somewhere else (laughs) it just seems a little bit more predictable in my opinion in terms of like weather do they empty out they have to empty out the pools and such if it rains is that right only if there's lightning then five ten miles i don't know what the mileage is but it's if it's within x amount of proximity to the park they will tell people they need to get out Okay, I don't do water parks. Uh, maybe maybe I will at some point. I mean, I've only seen the pictures and it looks great. You know, uh, I just don't really, I, I'm not a big water slide person. I'm not a big, you know, bathing with a bunch of stranger person. But if you're looking for something to do when it's hot out, definitely try out the water parks because it looks great. So I agree. It is a very good time. I mean, it's definitely not for everyone, but... I went and now I would like to go at least once a year. If I can if I can swing it, I want to go at least once a year. I mean, we are going this year, so I guess that's coming to fruition, but still. There you go. I want to talk about Epic Universe. Epic Universe. Epic Universe is their technically, I guess it's their fourth theme park. I mean, they call the Volcano Bay their third park, so that's fine. If they want to do it that way. Epic Universe is a 750-acre site which is south of the current uh, Universal Orlando compound. I guess that's the word I'm going to use. So it's not connected. It's not attached to the existing Universal stuff that they already have. It has a anticipated expected opening of summer 2025. So we are one, two, three, three years away from it opening. Three long, long years. It's long, but I will say they are really pushing on the construction because if you're on Twitter, I would suggest you got to follow the account Bio Reconstruct. That person is a, I don't know if they're a helicopter pilot or a small plane pilot. I don't know what they are, but they're constantly taking overhead pictures of the, of the Orlando parks as best that they can. And they do, you know, Disney stuff and and they're doing a lot more of Epic Universe because it's it's all open field, basically, with construction units. And they are building, right now, the new areas for this park. They're right. The only thing right now confirmed is a hotel, which is, like, in the entry land of the park. They're showing the concept art shows water features, possibly, like, a water-type show. 
similar to like what World of Color is out in California Adventure. I, I that's that's all I can. It's just looking at the concept art. I don't know if that's happening or not. And then they are confirmed to have Super Nintendo World, which is going to have a Mario Kart attraction. That attraction already exists in Universal Osaka. That's a Mario Kart type ride where you wear a helmet that projects the scenes you're looking at in 3D. They also are going to have a Yoshi Dark Ride and a Donkey Kong Roller Coaster. I'm pretty sure those other two are confirmed. I know the Mario Kart is confirmed because I've seen the plans for Mario Kart. <laughs> the other two stuff I don't think I've seen the plans for, but I'm, but I'm pretty sure that stuff's happening. And then there's a couple rumored other lands that probably are happening, but they haven't been confirmed yet. So I guess I want to ask you, Steffers, we'll talk about the rumored lands. What do you think about that? And what do you think is going to happen with this park? Like, What are you expecting? I have learned, respectfully to all theme park franchises, at least in the Orlando area, I have learned to keep my expectations low so that I am more, not excited because I'm going to be excited anyway, but to be like more appreciative of like the whole process and really like take it all in type of thing. I am very intrigued with this concept of the whole Epic Universe concept as a whole. I think that they can do a decent amount with it. I just don't know in terms of execution how it'll go. Uh The, The one hotel situation I think will work just because they have, you know, the endless summer resort that's like off property but it's still within driving distance it, it'll it give it a nice like disney downtown disney like Dis- dca walkthrough feel like you can uh-huh. head out of your hotel and you'll be in the park i because, really like that because the hotel's sort of attached to the park yeah okay. yeah i really i really like that the super nintendo world i'm really glad that i do want to head to japan at some point for like our real honeymoon But until then, like, I don't know if I'll be doing that in the next three years, but it'll be nice that I can go to Orlando, which is relatively close to me and, you know, take part in that. (laughs) Yeah. I hope, just based off of what I've seen of Super Nintendo World in Japan, I hope things are slightly bigger (laughs) here. I did hear things about the, like, Mario Kart, yeah, Mario Kart ride, whatever it's called. I don't know the, the correct name, but it just seemed a little small and short. So I don't know. That could yeah. just be. It, I mean, it's hard to put a video game into a physical space because in theory, a video game is like endless, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and now you're you got you can't do that in the physical space. You have to cut it off at some point. It's very smart to do Mario Kart because that's a I believe it's a pop, very popular game. It's, yes, it is. And um, I'm going to I should just say right off the bat, I am not a video game connoisseur. (laughs) I have I never had video games growing up. I would only play at like my cousin's house or a friend's house if they had it. As we talk, I have thoughts about this and and how this is going to affect Disney. I guess we we could talk about the rumored lands. Rumored is that they're going to put in a another Harry Potter area, but theme to Fantastic Beasts which is that spin-off movie series that they've been doing. Correct. When I was reading, uh, uh, there was reports that it's going to be like a Paris-themed area because that, that's one of the areas that they're, they are at in this spin-off. 
I but, cannot confirm because I, if I'm being honest, I haven't seen the Fantastic Beasts as a oh, fr- like I haven't okay. seen that franchise at all. I'm familiar with it and I like I know like the characters and stuff, but I don't know the setting of it. I'm not familiar with it either. I believe Harry Potter is still very popular, and it certainly makes sense to put a, a some type of Harry Potter land in that park. I would if I were if I were Universal, I would because if anything, I mean, there I I know that there are specific harry potter fans that maybe don't really care about the rest of these parks but do go to universal for the harry potter lands so just having another land there for them to go to makes makes total sense because now they have to you know buy another park ticket so what i heard or another thing that i heard let me rephrase is it would be like a ministry of magic type harry potter themed something I know a lot of people just watching, like, people talk. A lot of people would love a Harry Potter hotel. So I don't know if that's really going to be a thing. I'm honestly surprised they haven't done a Harry Potter's type Star Wars hotel where you're staying in Hogwarts. for. I know it, it doesn't really fit the story because, you know, Hogwarts, you're there for school and you're there for, you know, a semester Whereas you can't do that here, you'd have to be there for like three days. But but I'm sure they can they can certainly condense it. I'm sure. I guess it's just a matter of how much money they're willing to put into it and how much money they think they can charge for it. And I think letting Disney do it first with Star Wars was kind of smart at this point to see you know what Disney's doing and what the sales and the occupancy rates are for the Star Wars hotel and how that you know, might translate to Harry Potter. Not that it's the same fans, but it's a similar idea where you're kind of role-playing in a, in a space. Star Wars kind of got away with being able to have the outside of the hotel look like, like an office building because it's all happening on the inside because you can't actually go to space, you know, spoiler alert. Whereas Harry Potter, you, you're going to want the outside to look like something because, you know, you're not being transported to another space you know you're not being transported to space you're you're I, I mean i guess they could get away with it i don't i don't know i don't know yeah i don't know how the execution would go i will say this is probably an unpopular opinion i'm tired of more harry potter stuff i think <laughs> that they've Diagon Alley and hogsmeade are fantastic if they can do like i said i haven't seen the fantastic beasts franchise so i can't give like an informed oh, yeah, they definitely need to recreate this. Or, like, oh, yeah, like, mm, probably skip. Or, like, the Ministry of Magic could be a cool concept. I just don't know how they could execute it on a large-scale type of thing. It leaves a lot of possibilities on the table. I'm not saying I would not partake if they did another Harry Potter thing. I just don't want it to be one of those things where they just keep adding it because they can. I would rather... Something else, maybe? Let's talk about something else. How to Train Your Dragon is another... I could say it's very well rumored because let's just say I've seen (laughs) stuff for that, too. (laughs) I have never seen a Try to Train Your Dragon movie. There's three of them. came out in 2010, 2014, and 2019. I guess they feel like it would be popular enough to theme a whole land around it. Have you seen the movies? Do you like them? What do you think? I might have seen one of them a long, long time ago. But I think this would be a nice, like, kids area. 
like a cute like I don't know I can see this as a really cute kids area with a cute little roller coaster type do you think it would be smaller type rides or if we're talking about dragons here I mean, is that like an epic they're type? cutesy no, no no they're like cutesy dragons they are they're, they're cutesy dragons toothless is like a really like they're all cute so to me it, it screams kid friendly okay i like if you've been to universal already and you know flat of the hippogriff like kind of like that but maybe larger like a longer coaster maybe for kids I hope they don't do it like Flight of Passage type thing. Where it's a simulator. Yeah, where it's a simulator and you're like simulating riding a drive. I mean, they could do that, I guess. But I think it'd be really cute if it was an actual like coaster. Yeah. But to me, this screams kind of like a kid's area. Not to say they couldn't elevate it with some like, quote unquote, thrill ride. But I think I think it, it leans toward kids. But this no, next I'm, one, this, it, the other rumored land is, whew. Well, I mean, it just it does make sense that it would be kids themed because I'm pretty sure the, the the main character is a child in the movie. Young Viking teenager, according yeah. to Google. If your main character for the movie is a teenager, then it, it should sort of appeal to whatever that audience is. I, I just wonder if that audience is, is gone now because it's the last movie was 2019. I'm not sure if they're making new ones, but I wonder if that ship has sailed. But I don't know. Then again, I... then again, they still have a Popeyes. Okay, let's and... calm down. Well, I'm just, well, no, I'm just saying <laughs> they still have a Popeyes ride. They still have an ET ride. They still have a Men in Black ride. So they, they have no problem having older. Please, Disney has a Snow White ride. That's from Snow White's 1939, 1938. So I mean, you know, but then, but then again, Disney reboots everything with these live actions now. So well, you know, they also on the other coast have the Secret Life of Pets ride, and that was 29. Well, 2016 for the first one, 2019 for the second one. I don't know if it leans toward the second or really yeah. if it leans toward a movie. So I think in terms of timeline, I think it still fits, okay. just because like clearly they they do older things. That's my opinion though, and it's really cute. So I hope it works. <laughs> like I hope it works yeah. out. I'm pretty sure it will though. And then the the big one, I kind of think. Stupid Nintendo's a big one, but this is the big one because of the uncertainty behind it is Universal Monsters. Okay. This is my hot take, and I, I think it is it might as well be confirmed <laughs> at this point. I don't think I mean I guess they could have, but I don't think they would have gotten rid of Monsters Cafe. I know this sounds like a really minuscule thing, but I don't think they would have gotten rid of that if they didn't have plans to do something else. And they've also stepped so they had a game a lot. So they had a Monsters Cafe in Universal Studios, Florida mm-hmm. restaurant, and it has recently closed. And you're saying they recently closed that. There's no reason to close that other than they're going to put something like that in this new Epic Universe Park. There's a lot of rumors in the rumor mill. I also think that they have been really leaning into to their Universal Monsters as a whole. The past few Halloween Horror Nights, they've had Universal's Monsters House, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein House. This year, they're having Wolfman, Dracula, and the Mummy as a house. They've rethemed the Mummy gift shop temporarily to, like, a Monsters thing. I think they're really leaning into this whole monster situation, which just to me, signifies that 
they're cooking something up. That's just yeah, my they, opinion. They want to see what kind of reaction yeah. they get from fans. And it makes sense because Universal Monsters are, like you just said, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, even the original Mummy. These are all movies from uh, movies and characters from, you know, pre, I'm pretty sure, like pre-1950s. And of course, like a lot of these, yeah, Frankenstein is 1931 movie. So it, and it makes sense for them to want to use these characters because they, if, if they own them already, then they don't have to like pay licensing agreements to any other. Because, because like for instance, with Mario Super Nintendo, they have to pay the people that own that, which is a Japanese company, the, the, you know, licensing fees to have that property in their park. They, it's the same thing with Harry Potter and, it's the same thing with Marvel. It's the same thing with, I think, Steven Spielberg. He gets a lot of that money, too, for, for his stuff, like E.T. and such. Yeah, I really, and so, I also just want to say they execute that stuff. All the things that I've seen around Universal Monsters in general has always been mm-hmm. executed really well by Universal. So, confirmed or not confirmed, I am really that's one of the main things I'm actually excited to see with Epic Universe is if this comes to fruition, how they execute it, just because I know the little things or like the Halloween Horror Nights houses or, you know, the just the little shops, whatever it is, are always executed well, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think it would be pretty cool. And that's definitely more adult themes. It's definitely not for not for kids. And I think. If you're going to do it, if you're going to, you know, lean into your your one of your original intellectual properties that are horror type monster movies, do it in the new park, have its own land so that if, you know, if a family with young kids doesn't want to do that, they can avoid it altogether and do that. I think I think it's smart. I think it, it if it happens, I hope it happens. I think it's smart. I think it's a great idea. It shows that they are willing to invest in something that's old and it's not like necessarily amongst the you know big popular billion dollar movie franchises because you know the way that Disney I hate to say it but the way that like Disney's working right now is the only way you get a new ride is if your movie made a billion dollars or more than that I mean at the Frozen was a billion and guardians is a billion dollars and toy story is a billion like star wars like they all these big movies making a lot of money and then you have these movies that are good movies but they didn't make a lot of money and disney doesn't you know make a ride out of it because they feel like it's maybe not worth the investment we can understand from a business perspective or maybe not from a fan perspective so universal is looking at this like hey we have these classic characters that older people know and they can maybe introduce their they're adult children as they get older and they test the waters by, like you said, throwing them in Halloween Horror Nights and seeing how people react to that, which I think is very smart. Gotta say, there's some smart people. I mean, I have no connection to How to Train Your Dragon. And I said before, I have really no connection to Harry Potter. I've never watched the movies or read the books. So those other ones I really don't get too excited about. And we know Nintendo World is, is happening. So the Monsters Land, I really hope that that does happen. I agree. And then another short rumor I saw was that there's a a Lord of the Rings land there as well. I don't think I've seen all the movies and I didn't read the books. This is coming a pattern here. I don't really know <laughs> these you know, I don't really know these universal you know and that's not even a universal movie. That's that's completely separate. And that's another thing where they'd have to pay the creator 
J.R.R. Tolkien estate, because I believe he's passed away, and the and the film directors, uh, Peter Jackson, they've had to you know pay them money to have that property there. And my husband would love that as an area, and I would love it. I just don't think it would fit, in my opinion. I I don't think. I don't think that would work. Isn't your dog named after one of the Lord of the Rings characters? Yes, he's he's named Gimli, okay, after a Lord of the Rings <laughs> character. My husband really likes Lord of the Rings, and I got him autographs from two people from the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, that's cool. So he's kind of a, he, he's kind of a you know, fan. Yeah. But I personally don't think that there is room for Lord of the Rings, despite me liking there's it as 750 a, acres i would hope there's some room for it no, no i meant for theming i meant like theming wise i don't know if oh when i'm thinking universal monsters, i guess super nintendo universal monsters are like different parts of the scale but like in my oh, yeah. head i don't i mean if they're trying to build another kind of castle like i mean maybe i don't know i'm not gonna say never i personally just don't see it in the grand scheme of things i guess I don't know if I'm if I'm if you're picturing yourself right now holding an epic universe map in your hand, Lord of the Rings just doesn't strike me as like a thing. But that's just me. Is there anything any any non discussed properties that you would want to be an epic universe? My my hot take on, on the epic universe lands is to stay within this whole classic theme and to bring back the classic rides. <laughs> like Back to the Future Jaws Confrontation. Like have oh. have like the classics back. If you're gonna do like a class, you could do it like a classic area, and it could be classic monsters over here, classic movies over here. Mm. That's my thought. I mean, I would like that. Or as people have said this before, like a Scooby Doo Spooky Island situation, I think would be cool. Oh, I, that I mean, they do. They still have Scooby Doo characters walking around, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, they have the mystery machine and and the whole crew. Meet and yeah, greets. I wonder. I guess I guess you got to look at wh- who's the target audience for that. Is it kids? Is it our age? Is it you know? Why not people? both? Well, well, yes, but then how, then what kind of rides you do it right? If, if it's for kids and it can't be scary. If it's for us, it can't be too childish. It's it's trying to thread a needle. I think Disney does a I, Disney does a really good job of that. I think I know I'm biased because I love it, <laughs> but I think they do a really good job of making rides that appeal to a broader audience. But what happens is, is they a lot of most of the time they're not very thrilling. Whereas Universal will say, all right, we're just going to make a Velocicoaster that's going to, you know, make you scream. <laughs> I think that's there okay. could be like a I know a lot of people have said Guardians is like a if Space Mountain and I'm gonna say Gringotts had like a baby and made a ride. <laughs> that's kind of I think that Universal could easily do that with like a Scooby Doo theming. Not to say that they like they would need something else. I think in that area, like a smaller scale thing, yeah. or maybe they just make it a dark ride. I don't know. I think a roller coaster would be a really fun thing. But I don't know. I am not part of Universal's creative team and or Epic Universe buildy people team. So I don't know what's going to happen. Who do you think I hadn't even never, not never, I never thought of that. Classic ride stuff, I think makes sense. Because although I never rode it, the Back to the Future rides sounded really amazing. 
now it's it, the Simpsons ride is essentially the same thing as a Back to the Future, just now Simpsons theming and a Simpsons story. Back to the Future, it's funny how like that movie has had a it's either had a big resurgence or it never went away in terms of popularity. That's a really good movie. It's a good franchise. Three you know three movie franchise that could certainly carry, I think, a theme park ride. And it's unfortunate we don't have one for it anymore here. I think a lot, I think now with the times with like how people, how they're doing like 90s con or like how they're doing all these conventions where all the older things that, you know, the the things that you used to love, like Buffy and this, that and the other thing. And everyone's coming together for these conventions. I really think, and like streaming services as a whole have really enabled. That's a good point. Yeah. It's just easier to, it's easier to rewatch these properties agree than it was 10 15 20 years ago exactly which gets to my point about now i was wanted to talk about super nintendo world so i personally do believe super nintendo world is going to be like a major game changer for universal because when you think about when did nintendo become big and popular it's been in the last 30 years it's when people our age were young playing video games i know i didn't play video games when i was in the minority did you play video games when you were 10 years old of course i did did you play nintendo video games i played the uh, super nintendo or super (laughs) i already said it wrong on the super nintendo i played all the mario games on my super nintendo and then i progressed into like the pokemon stadium games then, as the Mario games, they've come out with new ones, I was playing those on each console that it came out of. Like, my yeah. best friend and I still play it on, on uh, the Switch. But we were going with, like, the Wii, the Wii U, the this, the that. Yeah. Yeah, so so when you think about who's going to these theme... Well, who's going to these theme parks? A lot of it is people our age, whether we have kids or no kids. Um, Well, I think that's the point, though. In my opinion, that's the point is to so you appeal to like the I'm not calling anyone old, but like our parents or like our grandparents is a little bit too far ahead, I think. But at least most of our parents get to enjoy the references of Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure and then they update, you know, the franchises, like how they have with Jurassic Park and they like on the West Coast, they have Jurassic World. Like they're implementing the different things. But with this new park, hopefully this is the hope anyway, is they're paving. Yeah, sorry, construction joke. <laughs> they're paving the way for our generation, whether we like you said, whether we have kids or not, to see things that we grew up with. Yeah. And either enjoy them as adults, enjoy them with our kids and show show them kind of like, you know, riding the movies yeah, lack, it, to steal their spiel. I mean, it's, Nintendo is something that our generation who who likes to spend money on entertainment, on themed entertainment, on theme parks, we like to spend our money there. It's a property that we grew up and now, you know, we either want to enjoy it as an adult or we want to enjoy it with our kids if we have children. And I just think it's it's really I, it's a game changer. I, it's the Nintendo stuff is going to be huge. I believe it's going to be huge for Universal because it's it's what our 
it's what we grew up for the most part entertaining ourselves with it's the video games and disney's gonna have to do something soon to combat that because well i think that's what they're doing with mark well okay well the thought is is maybe that's what they're doing with marvel but they are whenever tron opens i don't know actually the marvel's hard because they can't they can't do a lot yeah in, in this side I also was thinking recently of was Star Wars and how Disney has recently leaned into the a lot of the prequel stuff, especially with this Obi-Wan series. So, I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, there's a lot of young Anakin, or I shouldn't say young Anakin, but there's a lot of prequel Anakin and Obi-Wan references and flashbacks in this Obi-Wan show. And whether or not you think the movies were good or not doesn't matter. My generation, our Star Wars that we grew up in was the prequels. So by them flashing back now with with these shows and movies, flashing back to the prequel stuff, it gives us a little bit of, you know, you know, a little flashback, a little happiness in terms of of that. And it it can help them, you know, sell more merchandise and sell more theme park tickets, assuming that they really, you know, take advantage of that by having obi-wan meet and greet in the park or having some kind of experience where you can see anakin or something and that they don't have that yet because they have yet to like really expand at least in florida expand the galaxy's edge star wars land you know lore to include other brand of star wars because unfortunately with the newer the the three newer movies there was there's a lot of contention and and division in terms of what was good and what wasn't and it's it's unfortunate but that's just kind of how it happened the other thing i was think i have been thinking about is how eventually epic when epic universe opens in 2025 they are going to have to hire people to work there and i my guess is they're going to have to pay them a little bit more to get them away from disney to work at epic because you can't have a new theme park and not have anybody working there and that will be also don't think that's a problem and that will be also, I don't know, but the way that the, you know, the economy is right now and, and how expensive things have gotten in central Florida, it's it's going to be, they're going to have to do a, a good job of, of promoting themselves and, you know, making Universal appeal more as an employer than Disney. And um, that's something Disney's got to work on for the next three years to get to get to that point, I guess. I think it'll work out. And I think, I think we'll just have to see. In terms of, like, the economy and, like, job, like, I think we're just going to have to see how it progresses through the next few years. Because a lot of things are constantly changing lately. So, I mean, I know they're going to have to offer more money. Like, things are just up uh, on the up and up. But I have faith that they will, they'll be okay and things will, will work out and it'll be a great time. Well, speaking of a great time, I think we had a great time here. I love tonight. chatting with you, and then I love chatting about Universal. So it's a it was a great nighttime activity for me. It's a lot of it. it Universal is a complex, a lot of stuff going on. Theme park. They've got a lot of different, a lot of different themes to to entertain you. You know, all different types of movies, all different types of stories that you can connect with. Some older, some newer. I think they are definitely like closing the gap with Disney for sure in in Central Florida. It's not it's not as wide as it was ten years ago. It's it's a lot closer, and Epic Universe is going to make it even closer. 
I agree. But Disney still has a lot of the magical. I mean, eh, obviously it's magical. But, like, I think Disney, there, there will always be things that Disney offers that Universal won't or just doesn't. And then there's a lot of, it's just a different, in a lot of respects, it's just a different vibe. It, and, I mean, people can enjoy both. I mean, there are plenty of people that, like, love Harry Potter, but also, you know, love the Disney parks. It's, it's very different in a lot of respects. But I think there is room for all of us in each other's hearts because, they bo- I mean, they both have things that are great about them. So, I don't know. We'll see what Epic Universe comes up with. All right. I want to thank you, Steffers, for coming on, especially short notice. This is really good. And uh, I'm glad we could talk to a real universal expert about all this because um, I like talking about it. If people want to reach out to you to talk universal or to talk uh, other things, why don't you let the listeners know how they can find you? Surely. And Adam and the Mousemore crew, thank you for so much for letting me be on your show. Um, if anyone has any universal questions or you just want to talk to me, I post a lot of uni- universal related content on my TikTok, which is Adventures with Steffers. It's S-T-E-P-H-E-R-S. Um, my Instagram is also the same. You can you can also tweet at me, AsianZing95. And just for the record, if you are a gamer, I do stream on Twitch, too. So twitch.tv slash AsianZing95. So we can game and talk about the parks because... We're friends and we can do that. But that any I'm open with anything you need in terms of planning your vacation or tips or how to's. I'm here for you. But thank you, Adam. I really appreciate it. And short notice or not, I've got your back. You also have a podcast that I've been a guest on twice. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, I completely forgot my own podcast. But the Adventures with Steffers podcast is also available on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and there are episodes with Adam himself on where I think we talked about going solo to the parks, and then the other one was strictly universal. I would have to go back and check, but Adam was definitely on, and so you should go check those out, too. Or check out my blog, adventuresofstuffers.com. Yeah, so Stuffers has a blog. I do too much. TikTok, (laughs) Twitter, Instagram. And a podcast. I'm lucky I can, you know, put my pants on correct, on, you know, in, right side out, right side in every right. morning. Correctly. Yeah. No, <laughs> same. I do a lot. It keeps me busy. But, you know, I like what I like and I do what I do. What can I say? Well, thank you again for coming on, Steffers. I just want to remind the listeners that our podcast is sponsored by Mainstream More Travel an authorized Disney vacation planner, and an authorized universal travel professional. You can check out their website, MainStreetMoreTravel.com, request a quote, and let Chris and her team plan your family's next vacation, whether it's Disney or Universal. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for the Mouse and More Podcast. And on behalf of my guest, Steffers, this is Adam, and we are the Mouse and More Podcast. Have a good night, everybody.